1: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Marlborough, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the
1: perfect blend of saint sincerity and stupidity. How many RPMs would it take for the Julio Copter to actually fly away, and how many fumbles would happen as a result? <laughs> well, that's a trick question, because you can only fumble once. If you're not having fun when your team is 11-2, and or <laughs> win back-to-back division
0: titles for the first time in 50 years, then you need to stop watching.
1: And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. All right! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by MyBookie. It's hard to believe, but football is almost back! The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st and soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account with the best online sports booking known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie sports betting is exploding in popularity it's legal all over thanks to the Supreme Court if you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in the business for years MyBookie is the place for you with an easy no hassle mobile site 24-7 customer service and bets on every sport and prop imaginable MyBookie provides a fun safe betting experience maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints can get their revenge on a terrible blown call last year in the NFC championship or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will win an unbelievable 7th Super Bowl. Who would believe that? That's nonsense. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? If you make a deposit today, my bookie will give you 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in 100, they'll give you 50. You put in a 1,000, they give you 500. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. Go to MyBookie.ag and sign up with the promo code HAPPY25 at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid terms and conditions apply all right andrew uh i want to start out we, we talk about you know what we did on the weekend you know where we've been uh, i want to say uh the u.s men's team Everybody needs to be fucking fired. My wife <laughs> is a proud Mexican. My wife. My, yeah. Uh, it's it's just... My wife. She's a proud Mexican. She's waving the Mexican flag in my face after the defeat. And on the TV, we were watching the Spanish broadcast on Univision. And they had this old dude with a Jesus beard and a hat with a skull. And uh, his shirt says, Chinga tu madre. Which in spanish is fuck your mother. And I would understand if that was on Fox channel and it got by them cuz they don't they wouldn't necessarily know spanish. But for Univision to show that guy for like 10 15 seconds celebrating the goal. I mean, come on Univision. <laughs> um but but it was it was sad. It's sad times. My wife, she's going to forget that soccer exists. She'll forget by like tomorrow afternoon, but right now she's just obnoxious, Andrew. It's just horrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like losing to the Falcons, right? Losing to Mexico, is uh, that is Falcons-worthy. And, I mean, just watching that and, like, it's just so sad, man, because Michael Bradley just looked awful. Like, if you follow the U.S. men's national team at all, he looks so washed, and it's it's just sad, because you know what it was like? It was like the twilight of Colston. That's what it felt like, because, like, Colston towards the end there, man, he was so washed. He was dropping passes. He was fumbling. He just and it was sad because you love Colston and it's just to see him go out like that. Do, they they need to be done with Michael. Brown.
1: <laughs> do you think? Do you think if we had a shirt and it was Chinga Tu Madre and it had a falcon on it? Do you think people would buy it? Hmm. We get Dave to make that up because he's, he's in Alaska tough. right now. That's
0: tough, man. Because even insulting them, I'm not sure I want the. Falcons logo on my shirt,
1: <laughs> or maybe just maybe just Atlanta or ATL, Chinga Madre. I think we'll we'll talk to Dave about. It. I, I, or or people in the live stream. Would you Would you buy that shirt? I don't know. Would you buy that shirt? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a question for the for the for the folks in the live stream. And by the way, thanks for joining us. And by the way, people in the live stream, um, we are a hundred away from we are a hundred away from five hundred subscribers. And when we hit five hundred subscribers, uh, we will be giving we will be giving no. away a free T-shirt the night we hit five hundred. Uh, to somebody that's lucky enough in the chat room. So make sure to stay, and we'll be giving away the T-shirt pretty soon. Uh, So, Andrew, there's no real Saints news to speak of. Uh, You know, Michael Thomas, the extension hasn't gotten done. Um, Nobody got arrested, which is always a positive, right?
0: Yeah, we'll take that.
1: (laughs) I mean, mean, let's be real. If we're doing breaking news before training camp starts, it's either – a Saints player got arrested. They got injured, or somebody got an extension. That's the only fucking news we're doing right about now. There's nothing. There's nothing else, right? Well, the
0: worst right now is when the guy like gets injured and he's out for the year because it's like he dropped a weight on his foot, you know, <laughs> or like, so or like true. he slipped in That's the so kitchen, true. you know, and you know, cut an artery with with his, his steak knife, you know. Hmm. Uh, so. Any of those things are bad, and no news is great news.
1: Well, here's the thing: I, you know, we we try to think of topics as we get because after this week, you know, when, this week, next week, we go on vacation. I'm going to Seattle, so you'll still have we'll we'll have shows every day for the patrons for the daily podcast. Sign up; it's seven dollars a month. You should do it. Uh, but we won't have a big show next Monday. But we will have a fan appreciation week that'll be free for everybody next Wednesday. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, but you should be a subscriber because Saints Appreciation Week, we do Colston, Pierre Thomas, Jabari Greer, and Fred Thomas, and a patron Your spotlight boyfriend. with Nick from Australia. So that's next week while we're on vacation. But So we're trying to think of topics as we and get you, out of here, You, you know, recorded
0: that thing like, with Nick like six years ago, man.
1: I know. Well, the thing is with the patron spotlights, my plan was I did ten of them in – January, February, and March, and I just recorded a ton of them. And the point was to have them for the summer in the slower times when other podcasts are like, "Oh, it's so slow. We don't have content. It's so hard." Where I would just be like, "Man, we got these patron spotlights all over from Saints fans all over the world, and people love them. And the Monadula one in two weeks is just, is just, he's ridiculous." I love him, but he's fucking ridiculous. It's it's I can't it's, wait. it's a good it's a good twenty five minutes. So we're trying to think of topics. We're gonna answer, thanks to people for the questions by the way this week. Uh, but before we get to the main topics, uh, you were telling me your dad, who by the way is a patron subscriber, he is the most excited person we've ever seen with the koozie. Please tell me about this.
0: He it's almost disturbing. He, he comes over to the house, and first of all, he's got, like, one of these wash tubs from uh, Panera, you know, one of the, like, mega cups, and he's got the koozie, like, on the bottom part of the cup, so it's, like, it's covering, like, 12% of the cup, so it's, it's, it's kind of sick, like, it, it doesn't even fit his drink, and, like, he's so obsessed with the koozie, and he's so obsessed with using it that he—he's just—it's he, he, like a stretch that it's—you know—it's not even compatible with the drink. You know, it's I like he's—it's like he's playing Sega and he's got a Wii controller or something.
1: I should have said I should have if he uses it so much. I should I should have sent him a spare <laughs> since he's family practically.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's excited about the koozie. He also chants uh, koozie in a high pitched voice a lot. So he's. He, <laughs> He's being a little over the top with it. He's really into it.
1: So, and you also this weekend, you were out drinking and you had your, uh, hatred of IPAs bite you in the ass.
0: Yeah. So this was, uh, let's see, this was on, uh, this was on the 4th of July and I'm at a buddy's house and he has an array of beer and I open it up and it's just like an awful selection. And I look at one of my buddies and I tell him, you know, it's like, It's like playing Russian roulette, but five of the six chambers have a bullet in it. So it's it's like reverse Russian roulette. (laughs) The options are like these sour beers, but they're dogfish heads. So They're not even good sour beers. They're like super watered down. And there's like a Blondale and then there's like these low-cal IPAs, and it's like, man, it's not even like committing all the way to IPA. It's like low-cal. So I'm like, you know, I'll try the sour beers, and I have one or two of those, and they're watered down. They're awful. So then I try the blonde, and it's even worse. And the the low-cal IPA, finally, I'm just like, you know what? Just give me that. How much worse could it possibly be than these other beers? So I tried the low-cal IPA, and that was actually the best one because it was so watered down that you barely even tasted the hops. So it was such a poor pathetic version of an ipa that i was actually kind of okay with it
1: yeah i had an interesting fourth of july uh i went to the the pool in, in, in parallel and we have uh in our community shadow creek we have uh com- community pools where you like you pay hoa fees and they're really nice and they have a they have the water park they call it with slides and stuff so i go there in the fourth of july i'm there with my kid my wife doesn't go because she doesn't know how to swim so <laughs> i'm there with him and uh yeah my wife. It's 50 50 that if she fell in the water, she would drown. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll get her. We'll get her some lessons this year, though. So I'm at the. I'm at the pool right before we get back to Saint's. So I'm at the pool, and uh, a guy sees me, and I have my uh, I have my Saints shirt on and my Saints hat, and I'm sitting there under the umbrella, and he's like, "Go Saints!" I'm like, "Yeah, Saints!" And uh, he's drinking. You can't drink like a beer, like a glass beer at the pool, but people will bring it right and like pour it in a red cup. So he doesn't offer me a beer, but he has, like, a prescription thing of pills. <laughs> and, he, and he motions the pills to me. I'm like, no, man, thanks. He's like, it's Percocet. Like, that's going to swing me. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, it was Percocet. Well, then oh, I got to do it. It's 4th of July, baby. I got to get nuts. Uh, and when I rejected him, he 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 kind of was sad, and he didn't talk to me anymore. So I'm thinking, like, Andrew, should I have bonded with him and, like, popped a couple of the Percocet? Like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't want to mix that with booze, though, man.
1: I know. Well, the thing is, I'm crippled and I'm bad enough driver as it is. Like, I felt like popping the Percocet and drinking and trying to get home, even though it's only like two minutes away, was a dangerous...
0: Well, did you have your kid with you? Yeah. Yeah, you can't be doing that. I can't, I
1: can't be doing this. It's reckless. It's too reckless. Yeah. So, so as for our actual Saints topics that people want us to talk about, I was thinking... Um, watching the Pelicans in the Summer League game with the earthquake, you know, and it got really weird and the, th- the scoreboard started shaking and Doris Burke was freaking out. Um, I got to thinking, like, what's the weirdest Saints game that you've ever attended? It could be weird on-field stuff or off-field stuff, and I was trying to go through my memory banks, and here are the ones that I came up with. 1991, this is a long time ago, old school people in the chat, in the in the chat might know it that listen to the live stream the saints 91 they played the san francisco they started out 7-0 they played the 49ers and steve young and montana were both injured so so steve bono was playing quarterback and the saints won 10 to 3 but back was at that half halftime of the saints games andrew they would fire off fireworks and they would shoot like bottle rockets across the top yeah of the yeah and crossfire Yeah, and one of them caught fire. The old scoreboard, the old scoreboard that that hung, not the Diamond Visions on the side, the old scoreboard, it caught fucking fire. I was at that game. That was what, like like 94 or something? 91.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember this.
1: And they, like, sent a dude up there, but he couldn't do it. And then the piece that caught fire, like, fell to the... (laughs) <laughs> the, 50, the 50 yard line, line. yeah yeah, and they, yeah brought out, like, two, they brought out like two tubs of gatorade and like doused it and then like <laughs> checked it to make sure that it didn't like melt the astroturf and then they kept on playing so that was my weird game from way back when do you have a weird one that you god
0: i can't believe you i can't believe you remember that yeah i remember the thing i remember about that that game was uh i think it was gene atkins hit Jerry Rice at the one yard line, he was about to score. And then he fumbled out of the end zone. And I remember someone just telling me how great Jerry Rice was. And I'm sitting there at that game, I'm 11 years old. And I knew he was great, but I I just remember sitting next to, I think it was my dad's best friend and just saying like, yeah, great call on Jerry Rice being awesome. He just fumbled out of the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's what I remember about that game too. But, um, you know, this is really just a play, but it was, it was just so weird. I mean, I, I attended the Hail Mary game against the Browns. Oh, God, I mean, That was, God, just, that I was awful. Too. That was awful when they lost on the Hail Mary. But um, I remember it was right around the time where they changed the rule where you, once, like, the other team touched the ball on a punt, you yeah. could pick it, you could pick it up and advance it. And somehow Andre Hastings was, like, not the punt returner, but he was on the punt return team. And I remember it was against the Patriots, and Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback of the Patriots and the at the time.
1: Saints were 3-0 at the time.
0: Yeah, and Danny Werfel was the quarterback. A it was 98. Like, it was 98, but, like, they couldn't do anything on offense. Like, they were useless on offense in this game. Werfel wasn't doing anything. And, like, so, like, the Patriots tried to tried to pin it at the one on a punt, and, like, the, the gunner, like, touched the ball, and it went into the end zone. And so, like – The Patriots guys are kind of walking off the field and one of the Saints guys picks the ball up and he's like trying to kneel it. And he's like his knee almost hits the turf. He's like halfway. And Andre Hastings is screaming at him like, no, 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 don't kneel it. Hand me the ball. And you could see him like gesturing like crazy. Give me the ball. And so he hands it to Hastings and like all the Saints players have kind of stopped. Half the Patriots guys are going back to the sideline and Hastings just starts racing the other way. And like the refs look confused, the <laughs> yeah. Patriots look confused, <laughs> and like yeah, Hastings, Well, so, the- He was a receiver, but he was kind of slow. So he's going yeah. all the way and finally one of these Patriots guys chase him down, but it was like a seventy-six yard punt return. Yeah. And-, and like the refs are like, No, it's legit.
1: No, that's the rule. Like in when they when a team punts, if the D, if the, the if the punt team touches the ball, the receiving team can pick it up and run with it. And even if you fumble you still keep the ball. It's just one of those weird rules. I yeah, was but thinking... that
0: was the first year they changed it. So I think the players just like – they hadn't had an instance where that happened. Yeah. And no one was really paying attention. And Hastings was the only one that knew the rule. And just yeah, like I... he got a 76-yard punt return.
1: Out. Another weird game in Diditka era was – and it's the picture on the streaming. It's the 90, 98 Saints where they played the 13-2 and two Chiefs. And the, the Chiefs had uh, – Mark McMillan, who was used to be a Saints yeah. corner, the Saints yeah. side, he was terrible. And he, and when he was with Kansas City, he would do like the little Mighty Mouse pose. And uh, Ditka just hated that for some reason. So Keith Poole caught a touchdown to make the game like thirteen to seven or something late in the game, and him and Ditka are like doing the Mighty Mouse pose together, which was weird. Dick also grabbed his crotch, yeah, I remember off that, the field against yep. Tennessee when at, the Saints, a Saints at, at a Saints fan, at a Saints fan because the Saints. Yeah butchered the clock. In um, 94, they had a game where Tyrone Hughes ran two kickoffs back and the Rams guy had a 103-yard punt return because it was similar to what happened with the Saints in the New England game, but that, like you said, that was before the rule, and the Saints just figured the ball like nobody had touched it, so it was down, and the Rams guy was like, nah, I'm just going to take it out the back of the end zone, and, run it. and he ran it back 103 yards. Um,
0: that game where uh, Stephon Anthony scored twice Including the uh, extra <laughs> point run back, that was kind of weird. That was pretty weird. Um, I was said- also I was also at a game in D.C. where um, Michael Lewis ran a kickoff and a punt, and he also caught like a sixty-yard bomb.
1: Oh yeah, that was a Steve Spurrier ever for the Redskins. Yes. Jason. Uh, listen on the live stream, says the weirdest game for me is when Drew and Eli had that shootout and they combined for 13 touchdowns. Actually, Jason, if you count the pick six from Drew, it's 14. And <laughs> you And you, my friend, are going to love, love, love the Throwback Thursday that we have for patrons because we do that game. We recap set.
0: that game, yeah. We
1: recap that game. And I'm just going to tell you all – It's the best, most ridiculous throwback Thursday we've done of like the five that we've done. And if you're thinking of signing up for $7 a month, do it just for that episode. It's amazing. You can listen to me and Andrew talk for 12 minutes while you watch the highlights on YouTube. The best 15 minutes of your week, besides tonight, of course.
0: Yeah. the Um, way My favorite line that I've ever come up with was (laughs) that when the Saints had the ball – uh, if they kicked field goals during that time period when their defense was so bad, every field goal felt like a punt and every punt felt like a turnover. It
1: was so bad. It was the dark days, man. The darkest, <laughs> the, 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 the darkest days. It was the, be- that game was the beginning of the end for Rob Ryan. Um, but I mean, that's weird thing, you know, and I was also thinking of another, you know, as, as the NBA just exploded you know, it's it's been all NBA. The free agencies just kind of dominated everything. And you know, with the Lakers getting fucked over by Kawhi, which is beneficial to the Pelicans because the Pelicans own every Lakers pick till like twenty twenty five. And I was just thinking, I was just drinking in the the Lakers fans' sadness over not getting Kawhi, and it made me think like, what was like the saddest Saints off season moment of like the last, uh, well, of, of last like twenty five years? I mean. Uh, I don't. I don't have You have, have, to look you have back a really good one that's recent.
0: Yeah, I don't have to look back that far. I was very sad that the Jimmy Graham reunion didn't happen last year.
1: You were. You were. I really was crushed.
0: Sad. I was so pumped about that, and then and then they had Ben Watson instead, and I'm just like, Ugh, Ben Watson. Like, I, I love Ben Watson, but I'm just like, that reunion was far a far cry from what I was hoping for Jimmy Graham,
1: like Graham you and I I can vouch for this. Like you were me and you really both, we were pumped about Sue, which was later that that might happen. Well, that's the
0: thing. And then I get, I talked myself that I like, it was, it was (laughs) like, you know, getting dropped. It was like getting dumped by a girlfriend that you liked a lot. And then she's like, fine, I'll take you back and allowing yourself to get excited about it all over again only for her to dump you again a week later because Sue decided to go with the Rams. So, yeah, it was just like I allowed the Saints to get me excited about free agency all over again just to get crushed. But um, I didn't fall quite as far that time because it wasn't. I mean, there. I
1: would say I really wanted
0: the... to say Sue dad at a Saints game. That, that's <laughs> it's really that's, that's, what that's really mean. the we, crux. We of had it.
1: all kinds of Sue dad merchandise planned.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but what could have uh, been.
1: It could have been. I would say this isn't the most important Saints off-season fuck up ever. It was pretty important, but just as far as the fan base being sad, I can remember when the Saints were drafting and they needed a running back in the mid 90s and Eddie George had fallen to them at like or oh, 13. Yeah, yeah. And they were like everybody was like Eddie George, there he is. Jim Moore loves to run the ball. They got Jim Everett. They got this offense. Quinn Early. this offense is ready to roll. They got Wesley Walls. We'll plug Eddie George in, and this offense will be really, really good. And...
0: You took Alex Molden, They picked
1: Alex Molden. And the people at the draft party fucking revolted against the Saints picking Alex Molden. Uh, And it was just like like a buzzkill, man. We and all saw it
0: coming too and Molden ended up not being very good.
1: Yeah. The only thing I, I the thing I remember about Molden is I think in the two thousand playoff game against the Rams, he was like literally the last corner that was healthy. Like they lost them all in that game. He was like the the la, he was like the last one standing. That's that's the only thing I ever remember about Alex Molden. And of course, yeah.
0: Eddie. Uh, you know the Kyle Turley game. I mean, in terms of just crazy things. I mean that that whole helmet thing, thro- oh, throwing yeah. the Jets. Oh, that, that was a Sunday helmet. night game
1: too. That was yeah. a Sunday night game.
0: That was insane.
1: <sighs> that was that was like, you know, we were talking. We talked in the in the in the Thursday throwback. Me and me and Andrew. We talked about like if you time capsuled and you wanted to explain to somebody how bad the Saints defense was and you needed a one game to show it to them, the Saints-Giants game would encapsulate everything that frustrated us from the Saints from 2012, basically, to 2017, right? That game. Yep. I think the Turley helmet throw game on primetime on ESPN Sunday night, like, that pretty much sums up the Jim Hazlitt era. Like, it's just undisciplined
0: no control.
1: No control. Wasting of talent. Fuckery. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I love the thing. I love. That's what I love about the chat room. People just giving us ideas, left and right. Um, but you know. The 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 thing is with 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 weird sporting event, it, it, Andrew, it's always like a play or a moment. It's weird what you remember and what you what you don't, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, in some ways it's like it shapes your 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 personal history of the Saints, you know, and it, it's what it makes you a fan in a lot of ways. I mean, we all have our different kind of moments, but. Um, and I think it's like, well, while we talked about some of these players, like you said, you loved Fred Thomas and yeah.
1: um,
0: who was the other small corner. You said you loved
1: uh, Jabari Greer, yeah, Jabari
0: Greer. So like, I don't know, we all have like our little niche players. Like for me, I always loved Mike Carney, the fullback. I just love that guy. Like I thought he was the greatest thing friend ever of the podcast, friend of the podcast now. Yep. And, uh, uh, was a big fan of, um, Kikaha for God knows whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, I don't know you, there's random plays and there's random players and you just, uh, grow an affinity for them. And, you know, you, you don't, you don't need a reason to be a saints player. We just pick what we like and we roll. Yeah.
1: With it. Turley was a fan favorite, man. The, the, the helmet throw, like.
0: He was despised by the front office too. That oh, was yeah. an interesting dichotomy because it's like, there's some players that find a way to make the fan base love them right as the team in the front office just despised <laughs> just hate them. them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was no, they were like, we're that's not.
0: That's kind of them. rare. Like, usually it's like if, if, if the organization hates the player, the fans do too.
1: Yeah. Um, so that that's the thing with them. And, you know, uh, we, and we talked about it today, another plug for uh, the Daily Podcast, but I wanted to talk to it a little bit tonight. The collective bargain agreement has two more years to go on it. But in March 2020, they have all these poison pills in it where teams can't franchise guys or tag them. So if the Saints don't get Michael Thomas done, he's not just going to be a free agent next March. He'll be they won't be able to tag him. So we talked about this morning, Andrew, like that is a thing where he'll be getting twenty
0: five million from someone.
1: Dude, he I'm telling you. Buffalo if they what's their quarterback that's terrible Josh
0: Josh Allen
1: Josh Allen if he gets them to 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 again Buffalo will look at Michael Thomas and say he is the final piece to make us good we have to pay the buffalo cold and miserable place to live tax Michael Thomas, how do you like twenty five million dollars a year? And oh, by the way, what oh, what's year? that? You
0: want twenty seven? Done.
1: Yeah, you want one twenty seven and seventy guaranteed? Done. Like, and it seems crazy and it seems nuts, but they did something similar with Mario Williams, the defensive end for the Texans. Like, Buffalo understands if they want to get players, they have to pay to a ridiculous the level, yeah. and and they'll do it. And then, so for the Saints. Getting it done now at twenty might be a bargain,
0: yeah, we'll have to see um, you know I, the fact that it's stuff is getting leaked to the media um, already seems like gamesmanship to me, which is usually not a great sign, but um you know we'll see
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh the interesting thing as as we we get into as we get closer to training camp and you you've mentioned it uh recently but you you said your biggest worry of of everything is defensive tackle
0: which well yeah it's it's just I I don't know yet what to expect of it and you know any is missing a game and then hopefully he'll be back and he'll be good um but you know I, I just get nervous about what Malcolm Brown's gonna be like because the Saints were number one in the league or number two in the league against the run last year. I mean, that, that's really what defensively, what they hung their hat on. And so you take away Tyler Davison, who really was the, the nose guard, the the, the plug. Um, and then you take away Rankins who got more gap penetration than any player on the team last year. You get Onyemata back, but it's really going to be, and especially with Onyemata and Rankins missing the first game and, Rankin's being out longer than that. It's going to be up to Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards to fill in for those guys. And I just, I I hope they're up to the task, but to me, that's a big question. mark.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing with me and and I, I literally got into like, I had a couple of analytics people block me on Twitter during the year that they were arguing that the saints run defense run defense now is kind of irrelevant in the NFL nowadays. And it, It made the Saints' defense seem better than it was. And my point to them is, no, it doesn't. If you go into a game and you know that you are not going to be able to run the ball against the Saints, that is a valuable, worthwhile thing. And I think it showed itself completely against Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh went into the game and was like, fuck it. We're not even going to attempt to run the ball on the Saints' On the road and quiet the crowd, we're just going to go four and five wide and chuck it all over the place. We're not even going to attempt the run. And to me, when, when you have that strong of a run defense, and you teams won't even try to be multidimensional against you, it's a valuable thing. And I think if it slides out of the top ten, the defense is in trouble.
0: I tend to agree. Um they would have to start making more plays on the ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So but we'll get, we'll get into that as because you know once <clears throat> once we get back from uh I once we get back from the we I get back from vacation on the 19th. That means camp will only be a week away and we will start doing uh previews by position, camp battles, uh that sort of thing and also uh Two, I think uh the more I think about that- back to the collective bargaining agreement, Andrew, I wonder if the Saints might try to do more than Michael Thomas, like they might try to get Michael Thomas and like one more guy locked up if they could, and here's my question to you, if I said the Saints are gonna sign two people to extensions by the by the first week of training camp. Who would you predict it would be?
0: Well, I mean, besides Michael Thomas or am I Well, you can include uh, Michael
1: Thomas is one of them. So they're Okay, going to well he, one,
0: he's but... he's obviously a guy. So I, I would pick him. Um beyond him, huh? Yeah.
1: Um
0: I mean Andres Pete's in the contract year. I, I would say him maybe just because he counts so much against the cap that you know, they may maybe would want to lower um that deal a little bit, but you know, I, I still think it's too early for Camara and, and, um, Lattimore. Yeah. I think it's too soon.
1: I would say, I would say on Yamada or, and I'm going to throw this out. You, or, and we argued about this. Eli Apple, Eli Apple. We argued about it on the podcast. I think he could be a guy where the saints would, would say to him, Hey, Eli, We will give you four years, $32 million, $36 million. Do you want it now? And it's a really good deal. You like it here. You've turned your career around. Do you want that price to be our starting corner, corner? And Eli Apple could say, you know what? I'm not going to roll, even though I'm a year away from free agency and if I kill it with the Saints, I could get more. I'm happy here. That's a really fair deal. I'm going to take the $15, million, $15 to $18 million guaranteed that they're offering me right now. I'm going to say Eli Apple could be a guy. And that con- that kind of contract, it would make me... Very nervous because he's a guy that could regress and you could regret it, or you could be like the middle of the year, could be like, (laughs) We got we got Eli Apple for eight and a half million dollars. My god, if he's a free agent, if he's a free agent in March, he'd be getting 12.
0: The thing is, I don't think, I don't think, um, Loomis has resolved whether he wants Eli Apple or not. Yeah, I think he still needs to show that he's worthy of being a starter on this team. So I mean, we, we've kind of seen Crawley go up and down, right? We've seen Crawley yeah. at times look like he was starter material for the Saints. And then at times we've seen him fall off the face of the earth. You know, even Apple was kind of up and down last year. So yeah. is he serviceable? Yes. Is, ha, have I concluded beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's a long-term solution as a starting corner for the Saints? <laughs> I'm not 100% on that.
1: I don't know. I mean it, it, it it's just it's just a name that I I would throw out. Rather. I would
0: I would rather wait until free agency hits and then if he gets paid too much then okay, see you later, but you know, I, I I'd I'd be willing to risk it.
1: Yeah, Onyemata could be a guy too. I like
0: Onyemata. That's a good that,
1: call. That they might um and Onyemata, he's another guy. He, he terrified. I'm terrified to lose and I'm terrified to pay him if, if you get into Big money, but guys in the in the uh, that are listening live on the live stream on YouTube, fire your questions. We're going to get to the questions now. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Don's Hat. Uh, what options for Saints Escape Day fun team building activities are being considered by Old Man Peyton for training camp? Well, we know that the f- classic Kevin Held story, where they went to the water park and Scott Fujita injured his injured his foot. Um, maybe bowling. They took him to the D-Day Museum, uh, the Ottoman Zoo, maybe Andrew. I don't know. What what could be? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they could go to the Ottoman Zoo, and then a a flamingo could attack Thomas Morstead (laughs) and injure him.
1: Or Sean Payton could do like New Orleans snowballs as like an after practice treat for like a fun team building. He's
0: done that before.
1: He's oh he has.
0: That's a thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh. What I remember the,
0: I remember Mark Ingram getting over-the-top excited, like my dad about the koozie.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! That was, that was Mark Ingram. Uh, what are the odds Cat Terrell rejoins Saints Media? Of course, Cat Terrell, another friend of the podcast, she was ESPN's Bengals reporter yeah. uh, for, the, for the last she's year. She's leaving
0: ESPN, I saw she, that.
1: She's leaving ESPN, and she I even DM'd
0: was- her because she follows me on Twitter. And I was like, all right, spill the beans. What is it? And she wouldn't tell me.
1: And she said it's so – I can't break
0: any news. Sorry, guys. No,
1: she – I told her. I, I tweeted at her. I said, hey, if you want to break news, come on the podcast. But she said it was an opportunity that she couldn't turn down. So I'm really, really hoping that the Saints have decided to do what other NFL teams have done. And, yeah, they have John DeShazer to write stuff for them. But they don't have like most NFL teams now for their website they have an in-house reporter and they just let them cover the team like any other reporter except they work for DallasCowboys.com, Bangles.com, you know Pittsburgh. So they gotta and, stay
0: more. They gotta stay positive. They, no negativity allowed.
1: Uh, I don't know, man. The the Bangles guy, uh, he's he's he can be pretty he can be pretty bumpy. But if if that was the hire, like, But he'll bang would, on players. He banged on players. But she, I think she'd be, if, she, if the Saints do hire her or she's coming back to New Orleans to cover the Saints, that is a great sign because with the p- Times-Picayune liquidating the staff, if we have her covering the Saints, that's a good thing because we know she ain't afraid to ask the hard questions. Well,
0: that was going to be my next question. Is Sean Payton forced to disclose injury stuff if she works for the Saints? <laughs> because you know she's going to ask.
1: We know. No doubt. I mean, no she doubt. fell on
0: that sword every
1: week. Every week. First, this is from Saints Recline. First annual hudat Nation Festival in Canada this September. Does it sound exciting or sound like Jeff Fest 2.0? I mean, the latter. I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big team fan fest guy because I'm not a big take a picture with a player, or get an autograph. Like, the, I'm not into that. Um, but, like, if a, if the Saints Fan Fest had all kinds of weird 70s memorabilia, I would be down for that, and I would spend a ridiculous amount of money on, like, an Archie Manning garbage can from 1975.
0: <laughs> like... Oh, uh, that's terrible.
1: Like what, like, what piece of, like, Saints memorabilia from the 70s would you buy... Like, would you spend ridiculous money? Mm,
0: I'm, I'm still mad I lost my, uh, you know, remember those little figurines starting lineup? Yeah. I'm still mad I lost my Dalton Hilliard. So if, if I found that from the, you know, the mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s, um, I would go for that.
1: If I could find, like, a Bum Phillips, I don't know if they did bobbleheads in the 80s, but if I could find some sort of Bum Phillips bobblehead or even, like, a Bum Phillips mural or... I would love a
0: Kerry Collins bobblehead (laughs) from that one year that he, or that half season he played with the saints. I don't know why. Like I always kind of liked him because I was like, yeah, he's a drunk quarterback.
1: I wanted (laughs) him to be. He was winning games
0: and throwing touchdowns and he was trash.
1: I was so, I was so sad when the saints, like when they claimed him and they were like, oh yeah, we'll let him test free agency and we'll make a competitive offer. I was like, fucking Q Herrick, just ask him what he wants. And pay it to him right now while he's in the building and can't leave. Like, why do you not understand this? Like
0: Yeah. Like he he was literally arrested for a DUI, then in rehab, then immediately claimed by the Saints. Like yeah. this all transpired within like four days.
1: And they told it he told him not to, and the Saints are like, We don't care. We don't have any quarterbacks. Oh
0: oh and you're starting next week.
1: And you're starting next week. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i carry uh, uh a kenny stabler jersey Whoa. that would be sweet um yeah
0: i think my my dad's gonna want like three more koozies for listening to that
1: <laughs> um <laughs> his
0: thing my, my one of my dad's favorite stories about stabler is that uh, you know, he, he he would always say just that Stabler was the ugliest man he's ever seen in his did life. Stabler? Like Stabler?
1: I did a piece for Canal Street Chronicles where I watched the Saints Raiders game from 1979 where the Saints blew a 35-14 lead. And uh, Ken Stabler during the National Anthem for that game, he looked like he just woke up out of a cardboard box <laughs> Under the Claiborne Overpass, and walked into the stadium. I could, yeah. sm- I could, I could well, you know, smell they the booze them, on they, him they, through they, the YouTube.
0: They they called him Snake, right? That was the snake name, yeah. Snake Stabler. And so my dad said that one time he saw an interview, and they asked him, you know, hey Kenny, you know, why why do you think they call you the Snake? And he goes, Oh, I don't know. I think it's because I run zigzag. <laughs> And my dad was always, like, screaming at the TV. It's like, no, it's because you're ugly as sin.
1: <laughs> is your, yeah, is I, I, don't, I don't think he's a big fan of Ken Staylor. Is your favorite football player ever a Saints player? That's from Chad ha- Harvard.
0: Yes. For me, it is, definitely. Dalton Hilliard.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Even though Ralph – uh insulted him on this podcast. I'll never forgive <laughs> Ralph for that by saying that he was overrated. Yeah. You should be ashamed I, I, of yourself. I
1: was wrong. I, I, I forgot. You should retract that. I should, I do retract it because his, I thought his final season was a disaster, but it wasn't. He caught 50 passes. Uh, my favorite Saints player, it's a cliche, but it's a lot of people my age, but I don't care, Ricky Jackson. Like He's my first Saints jersey. Like, I just... I love them. I, I I loved Ricky Jackson so much when he won a Super Bowl with San Francisco, who I fucking loathed, I was happy for him. That like that that's was, how- your your
0: first jersey was uh, Ricky Jackson? Yeah. So interesting fact, my first jersey, and you know, I lived in France and the, the the selection of jerseys was very limited. Uh, you know, they only had like five <laughs> or six players, yeah. And, and definitely no Saints jerseys. Uh so my first jersey ever, Slim Pickens, was a Steve Largent Seattle Seahawks jersey. Oh. I was like I I was like I can't pick a Saints player, fine, give me the white receiver.
1: Yeah. Steve Largent always wore the kicker helmet too. Like he did. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know why I always kinda like Steve Largent.
1: I like I liked He was gritty. Uh, you
0: know, he's a gym rat.
1: He Seattle was kind of like my AFC team when I was a kid for whatever reason. I don't, Yeah, I don't, I'm kind of with
0: you. I liked uh Dave Craig was the quarterback and
1: Yeah. I liked yeah. I liked uh I grew I
0: out of that K- quickly. Thanks Russell Wilson.
1: I liked I liked Kansas City too cuz they had Barry Ward who was a Saints player for Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was Stowers.
1: Yeah. I mean uh Stowers. The thing is when the in the Saints in the 80s in the 90s like Especially the mid nineties, like you had to like, you had to like have an affair with another team because the Saints were so dreadful, like to, to keep your interest up. So I would never root for an NFC team, but I would always pick like AFC teams and like be like, that's my AFC team. Um, but the the I take it back for the Saints of so the Saints Fan Fest. Uh, let people let somebody let let us know if you if you're connected if they have like memorabilia and stuff. I might have to come, I might have to go in for that. Somebody said. This is a good question. Rank the home, the Saints' home games you're most excited about in
0: 2019. Hmm. Hold on, let me pull up the schedule here.
1: I mean, the Houston game. I know it's first, but it's going to be lit because you're going to have. I'm most excited
0: this... about the away game. Is Falcons on Thanksgiving for sure?
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, the Houston game at home is going to be great. You're going to be. You have Monday night to open the season, you get to drink all day, you get to get out all your anger and your angst about the NFC Championship game, the Saints getting fucked. I think that's going to be a great... At- the, the the Saints, I'm trying to think...
0: At like, Rams will be a big one, but yeah, I, I would say hosting the Cowboys on September 29th, yeah. that, that's probably the biggest for me.
1: Yeah, that's a... That's a, that's a big one, too. I mean,
0: ho- hosting the Falcons, obviously, is always, regardless of when it is, uh, that always matters, but... I mean, just looking at their schedule, I, I would say the two games I have circled um, are are road games. The two games that I, matter to me the most, I would say, are at Rams um, in, in Week Two, and then um, and then Thanksgiving at Falcons. So those are probably the two that mean the most to me. But the the home game I care the most about, I would say, is the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, the one other game that I'm I wouldn't say I care the most about it, but it does interest me, and I'm going to try to get there. Is the Arizona Cardinals. Not because I think the Cardinals are going to be good, I just think Kyler Murray is really interesting to me cuz he's I would
0: love an interception binge in that game.
1: Yeah, like I just think he's really tiny, but he runs around and is super athletic. So I'm just interested to see how he is. And I think like I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a disaster for Arizona, but they're going to throw for a shit ton of yards. So I think that game could be really interesting. Uh, and i'm interested to see him um
0: i've got a hot take actually you know saints recline is saying on here on the chat that we're due to destroy the cowboys it's been too long i totally agree with you saints recline this game's at home it's on national tv and i just know sean payton's gonna remember going to dallas and getting embarrassed and he has this thing with jerry jones this big rivalry he is gonna cook up something crazy
1: yeah
0: I, i'm predicting right now a blowout like the saints are going to put up 40 on the, <laughs> I, I totally agree that they're due and it's just i, I feel like you know I, there was a team it was was it the rams yeah it was the rams that the saints blew out i mean just destroyed um a couple of years ago with greg williams and in the following year greg williams had a great plan and they played really well defensively so i, I feel like teams are always making adjustments and I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say the Saints are going to pour it on the Cowboys' defense in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a re- that's a really interesting and and friendly reminder, guys. We are two hundred and fifty five dollars away on Patreon to where if we get to a thousand dollars of support a month, me and Andrew will do a live streaming gambling show every Friday night uh, during the football season, and I'm going to give you my hot tip. My wife is going back... My wife? Yeah. My wife! Is going back to Vegas. Uh, I'm betting... I am telling her to slam the under for the Cowboys because the Cowboys were, like, I want to say 9-1 and in one-score games. That shit ain't sustainable. And I'm telling you, the Cowboys are... They're going to be a trendy pick to win the Super Bowl and whatever. I'm telling you, I think they're going to regress because when you look at a team that... Wins ten, eleven games, and they go, and, and six or seven or eight of them are one score wins. Like that's just not sustainable. You, you, it's gonna, you're gonna regress. Like Atlanta went through yeah, that. Yeah, the bunch pendulum of years ago.
0: swings the other way. Yeah, it
1: just swings. Like over a four year period, no matter if you're the New England or you whoever, your one score games even out. The, the The key is you're probably gonna have eight one score games as an NFL team. The key is to go four and four or five and three, and then. You win five or six games where you don't win by one score like the Saints did last year. And then you have a couple games where you lose and it just doesn't go your way. But I'm telling you, the Cowboys are my regression team supreme. But get us to $1,000. Don't you want me and Andrew drunk on a Friday, live streaming you bad gambling advice? Yes.
0: The answer is yes. You want that.
1: (laughs) So... um, before we before we uh, get out of here, I want to remind you guys, SeatGeek is amazing. They have the best app to scour the secondary ticket market. Use their app. Green deal is a green light means it's a good deal. Yellow light means it's an okay deal. Red light means it's a bad deal. Uh, you can get tickets to shows, games, concerts. Do it. Use the code ACAA right now and you will get $20 off your first purchase. That's ACAA. Using the SeatGeek, you get $20 off your first purchase. Do it now. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, as we, we, didn't have, we don't have too many more questions in the chat room. Um, my last question is uh Somebody asked me today. It wasn't in the. It wasn't in the chat room or uh, on the on the, the thing I fired out for questions. But Walter Football they predicted the Saints to go thirteen and three last year. They predicted them to go nine and seven this year. No. but they didn't really have any basis or any stats to back it up. It was just a feeling. But right now, Andrew, as we get ready for camp and we don't have injuries and you can't. Uh, you can't sort of um, know sort of what they have as we, you know, we'll make predictions as they get injuries, maybe they do trades or whatever, and we kind of know what the roster is going into the Texas game. Then you make final predictions. But feeling right now, do you feel like the Saints are still going to be a double-digit win team?
0: Yes. Um, I'm tempted to say 11-5, and five, but I just think the schedule's so tough. Um, I'm going to say 10-6. and six. That's where I'm kind of sitting right now. I I, I think yeah, I think it'll be tougher sledding to get into the playoffs, um, but I do think they will get there, and I think they're going to make another run at this, um, even if you know they're not the top seed. Um, but I I don't think 13 and three. I mean, that's that's going to be hard to come by. So Here, I'm going to say 10 and six.
1: Here's a great question that I just thought of, and I I, I was we were going to do it for. Uh... We were going to do it for a daily podcast. Um, and we, we still may later on, just to extend it because we're getting near the end. But if I told you, Andrew, you can have the Saints go 13-3, and like they just did this past year, but you're going to have the same injury issues you had going in where your offensive line is beat to hell, or you're going to have another position group beat to hell, and your health is not going to be great, but you're going to have home field advantage. Would you rather that or... Would you rather go ten and six, but be perfectly healthy and have the roster exactly how you would want it going into the playoffs?
0: Uh, I'd take thirteen and three, Ooh. top seed. Yeah, because I, I mean, even though they didn't look great against the Eagles, I mean they were still one bad call away from the Super Bowl, and then and then you know in the Super Bowl you get two weeks off to heal up so i I still just think having the top seed is it, it's the um it's the closest path to the super Bowl
1: yeah it's it's, it's yeah. It, I, I would tend to agree with you but i do think I do think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting question right because it is but but, but you have to play an extra game it, it, it's it's an interesting question i would probably I would probably lean to to go in thirteen and three. But man, I feel,
0: I feel like the Superdome can will a lot of things into existence. They damn
1: near did. They damn near yeah. did against the Eagles, man. Yeah. I mean, that that stadium was, uh, it was like a morgue, and then it just came to life. Um, you know, uh, and that sort of happened. So. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for a Monday. Guys, once again, we're on vacation next week. But you got your daily shows all the rest of this week. Sign up. Become a patron. It's $7. You get a koozie. You get a magnet. All sorts of cool stuff. Uh, Do it. For Dave, who's MIA because he is in Alaska vacationing with the fam. Kevin, who is at a wrestling event, probably body slamming someone as we speak. Uh, we miss you. They'll be back next week. Uh, and for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.